The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. Support for The Winefellers comes in part from the award-winning Yesterday and Today Frame Shop, Framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974 and located in Boone Square in Hillsboro. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. Your business name here, proudly serving Hillsboro since site year here, your business name here, and... Cody's Laboratory Animals. Just say Winefellers and receive 10% off your next order of live hamsters and rabbits. Test with the best using Cody's Laboratory Animals. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers! The Wine Fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got canned from the factory. International Orthopedic Nurses Day on the most degeneratively musculoskeletal episode of The Winefellers ever. Listen as we get back into the wine news and discuss the most hauntingly infectious wine stories of this Halloween season. That's during the first half of the show. During the second half, we will meet a super secret surprise guest for the second week in a row. It's so super and so secret that Mark doesn't even know who is coming on. So stay tuned because we can't wait to see what interesting things whoever has to say for him or herself. Sounds fascinating. All this, a fabulous wine tasting and some more ill-considered Winefeller song exclusives right here on a necrotically arthroplastic episode of The Winefellers. But first, what are we drinking today, Mark? And wine, y'all. Hey! Hey, Joe! Hey, Mark! It's great to see you. (laughs) It is fantastic to see you, as always. You know, when you were going over the intro... I, it occurred to me that it <laughs> yes. sounded like the intro from last week, but I could be wrong. You know, it was similar. 
Okay. Similar. If you'll notice, uh, last week was um, Mole Day. Mold. International Mole Day. M-O-L-E. Mm-hmm. Not the mole you No, M-O-L. No. Oh. Well, uh, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this week, it's International Orthopedic Nurses Day. Oh, So there nice. was that. That only difference between the two. Oh, we right. have a special guest, super secret guest, this week as well, and you're never going to guess who it is. Well, uh, I'm, I could take a guess, but I'm not going to. I guess I'll leave the surprise for later. <laughs> Please don't guess. Okay, You'll just get guess. it. You'll, immedi- <laughs> You'll immediately guess it. But, you know, I think we can, I think we can do this uh, for the two interviews this year because we've. I think this is our anniversary. I think we've been on the air for two years. Wow. Isn't that incredible? It has seemed so much longer. And I it, mean- Shorter? I don't know. But what is complimenting there? What's a complimentary thing to say? I've, I, well, first we have to thank the radio stations who air us. Absolutely. Uh, no <laughs> I, can't, I mean, really? how? Really? How has this ha- Yeah, It's if, almost like, really, the two years is less you, of a statement of, of our own show and more of a statement of the, the affairs of the local radio networks nowadays. But we do love them. Yes, yes. <laughs> but if you met us, you wouldn't hear Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> we are our own worst enemies. We really are. Uh, um, but, you know, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. And it's, you know, it's, my, my, favorite, uh, my favorite holiday of the year. And it could be yours. I have no idea. Yeah, no, it's my, it's, I only, it's only my favorite because of the, uh, uh, well, because of, of what happened to you that one Halloween at your house. Well, right. It's like all the kids at my house gather around the fire and I tell the story. Of when Mark ran out of candy at two his years, house. I think it was, it was last year, two years ago, we ran out of candy. And this is a very true story. And we were in a bind because we had no <laughs> idea. We weren't expecting all these kids to show up. <sighs> we bought like a, you know, one pack of, <laughs> of Smarties. <laughs> and those went fast. And so, <laughs> and then we, um, so then we, I just started going through my uh, pantry. And uh, we started giving just random food away and then when, when that <laughs> ran out we started giving now now not just food let me let's back up a minute canned food canned food you eventually got down to canned food well the most popular thing that i gave away is i had a bag of soup it was a seafood <laughs> soup and what yeah that's like, disgusting well, you know they're like they're like in the they're like in the Sealed bags it, that are like you mean uh, like a kind of a, a dehydrated yeah. soup, like a Lipton sort of instant. No, no, it was real soup. Instant seafood chowder. Yeah, it was like instant <laughs> seafood chowder. It was real soup, and I put. I remember I had it and I and I plunked it in the kid's ba- bag, and the kid looks in there and goes, "Awesome." What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, good kid. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> Here, here's wow. your soup. Wow. Let's see if your parents let you keep it. Oh, <laughs> you know. There's no way in, in the world. But then we gave away cat food, and then that was the last oh. thing we gave away. And you, the, gave away you gave away everything. No, when the food ran out, then we started giving away coupons. And I remember giving off like $20 off your first dental visit <laughs> or something. <laughs> a coupon I found. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Did but, anyone come back the next year? Uh, well, <laughs> Most importantly, the kid who liked the soup. The kids came back, but they came with the parents. So <laughs> yeah. your name got on a list. Yeah, somewhere. the parents came up to the house and like, well, they, what are you doing this year? So uh, I'm gonna have a lot more candy this for this year than opposed to last year. So don't worry. Mark, get me drinking something. All immediately. right. So this this show we're drinking <laughs> yes. a t- we're drinking a 2007 <laughs> right now Elk Creek Bone Dry Red Spooky. Cabernet Sauvignon, and the reason why we're drinking it is because on the bottle is a picture of a skull. 
Mm. And uh, that's probably... Not, not because it's good. No, it's from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those fine Kentuckian wines. And we can say any bad thing we want about Kentucky because we're not on a radio station in Kentucky. Yeah, right. So down with Kentucky. Hmm. Unless, Where should we start? Unless, unless they pick up, pick us up, oh and then boy. we'll edit that out. We'll <laughs> but so it's a bone dry red um, from Kentucky. It's a deep. I'm going to go ahead and get into it. Ruby wine with a medium body, nose of dark fruit, taste of black cherry. Mm. Um, it's supposed to be easy drinking. It's not bad. A little acidic. Yeah, I don't know if it's. Um, it's not one of the finer wines I've ever had. No, it probably tastes like the skull I'm seeing on the label. <laughs> But um, <laughs> who would have thought it wouldn't taste good? There's just a skull and crossbones on it. Look, it's fine. And if you're at home, it's just fine. And you're playing along. Open up yours. You are listening to the Wine Fellers on WHUP. Playing now is Two Straight Dudes, a perfectly terrifying Wine Fellers original song creation. Don't go nowhere. The Wine News is coming up next. This is going to be really good, Mark. To all those straight dudes out there. It was raining that morning Down on the BLVD I saw you dancing there Like an extra on MTV You were the liars And I was your meal Had enough of looking I was going in for the kill We're just two straight dudes Just chilling at home Got the candles lit And the music on And the music on One minute later We were on your waterbed Red satin sheets Wrapped from my permed head Champagne wishes And caviar dreams I reached for my razor a can of shaving cream I lather you up And shave with finesse This night's getting hotter I can't wait for the rest We're just two straight dudes Just chilling at home Got the candles lit And the music on We're just two straight dudes In an electric storm in each other's arms We're just two straight dudes Just chilling at home Got the candles dip And the music on We're just two straight dudes In an electric storm Falling asleep In each other's arms We're just two straight dudes Just chilling at home Got the candles lit And the music on We're just two straight dudes In an electric storm Falling asleep in each other's arms 
Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. Scrambled not your thing? Over easy not easy enough? Are you a woman that prefers your eggs fertilized in the morning? Sounds like a job for wine. Do you wish that widespread protests and violence weren't spilling over into your weekend plans? Sounds like a job for wine. Wanting to profit from the terrorism-related security concerns in Tunisia but need some help? Sounds like a job for, you guessed it, wine. Right now on the news. The news. Joe, before you start, <laughs> can we apologize for that last song? Wow. I mean, just I, we wow. We haven't played that in a while, and it, it's really a bad, truly a poorly written, poorly yes. thought out song. In, in every way. Okay. I mean, <laughs> so, so uh, now it was terrifying, though, yes. I think, in that one aspect, in the Halloween theme of things, it was just terrifyingly awful yeah terrifyingly a awful. terrifying uh performance yes. on our part okay okay Let's Let's now that news. that's out of the way yes the news results from scientists at washington university in st louis missouri my undergrad hey <laughs> okay. in a paper wait a second you're reading the news i am this uh is a rare treat yes. again going with the spooky scary theme uh-huh. something that uh i'm not very i'm not as good at as you, you but we're trying true. to scare away some listeners this week on the <laughs> are we trying to do that no no, no. uh Okay, sorry to interrupt you. Let's do it. <laughs> the American Society for Reproductive Medicine's Fertility and Sterility publication okay. were recently made available online at fertstert.org. Ah, fertstert. Fertstert. Uh-huh. <laughs> the popular fertstert.org. <laughs> okay. Uh, they concluded that red wine does indeed positively impact ovarian reserves. You mean it gives you more? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> you only have so many. Well, I I I think now again, it's a little over my head here. Okay. Right? But ovarian reserve is basically how many I'm probably wrong, but how many uh viable eggs are being released from the uh ovaries. Yeah. Well, uh so, huh, that's interesting. Well, now, okay, let's hear it. Now, yeah. so, um a uh among the data available on fertstert.org is the description of their methods. I'm hoping you can go over these with me. Uh-oh. In which it uh, outlines their participants as women aged ages 18 to 44 mm-hmm. with regular menstrual cycles and who consume from 1 to 15 alcoholic drinks per month. Bringing to light the stunning additional conclusion that some individuals out there only drink one to 15 glasses of wine a month. Right. I mean, that was the real news to me. That seems like the low end. I mean, first, I mean, I already see some problems. So, so, so they're, (laughs) so right now they're relying on self report, I guess, of how much people are drinking. 
Oh I yeah, guess. yeah, I mean, right. I mean, we, I'll go and tell you this right now. Right. They're lying. Yes, fifteen. Like I had one glass of wine last yes. month. In no, my, you didn't. In my previous profession, when someone would tell me how much they were drinking, in my head, it always multiplied by three. By three. Yeah. If they said I'm drinking <clears throat> one glass a day. Yes, you're I'd having say three. You're a having day. three a day. Interesting. And I'm, sh- uh, you know, and even I've been to the doctor in the past, Mark, right. and I've made, the, I've done the same thing. Everybody does. Yeah. You know, it's uh. Uh, not even something you're aware of, the crippling shame that comes along with just drinking more than you are willing to admit to your own doctor. But also, there's, some, there's a truth to this, that if you, uh, if you are reporting this to your doctor, um, it used to be that you're just it goes written down in a chart somewhere, and that chart goes in the closet somewhere, and no one will ever see it again. But okay. now when you report these things to your doctor, it's all digital, and hey. I mean, it follows you for the rest of your life. So should we be even reporting... Fewer drinks to our doctors. What I'm saying, what I'm encouraging our listeners is you lie to your doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Sound medical advice here, Mark. (laughs) Coming from the wine fellers. My question is, if if the professionals are multiplying by three, maybe we should divide by more than three to up to yes eventually it's going to be like this uh constant uh like war game between us and the physicians that's where a good point eventually they'll be multiplying by 10 and yes if you take, you if you take away 20. one thing from the show today is if you're reporting how much you're drinking to your doctor divide by five report that to your doctor and you're done what could go wrong there now mm-hmm. mark this uh these uh, the, the report goes on to basically say that and here's the gist of it okay okay um I know you hate this 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 or I guess I hate this word and yet here I am using it in a show reservatrol am uh, I saying that correctly yeah, everyone's talking about reservatrol what is reservatrol mark uh you tell me it's like Ugh. some kind of uh the essence of wine that you, <laughs> like like when you it is you're right yeah like it's the oxid like the oxid I don't know it pr- it, it's got all these great terms it like prevents free radicals yeah and it's uh, it's supposed to do everything but here's the thing this yeah. study again coming from the prestigious fertstert.org mm-hmm. publication uh goes into detail about how this reservatrol right is actually operating through mechanisms by which they don't quite fully understand sure in order to cause this bump in fertility now they looked at a couple other drinks okay they looked at beer, white wine. So, okay. like, beer shouldn't have the effect. Ha- no effect. Right. White wine, no effect. Right. Oh, it's just red wine, huh? Yeah, and they and right. and a number of other. So drinks. they had that control group. That's good. Yep, and and they uh, and they found that in in some well, on average, the uh, uh, ovarian reserve number right was increased by even like uh, nine or ten times. What? Oh yeah, these. This was wow. this was dangerous business, Mark. Well, that sounds like Stalin numbers to me, but I mean, I think I mean, maybe it's true. I mean, it's, it comes from a good, you know, scientific. Well, I, I have another theory. University, go ahead. I have another theory. Uh huh. Okay, ovarian reserve. <clears throat> I, they go on to say it, it improves fertility okay. in their generalization sure. of this. When really. Well, how do you know if it was fertile or not? Well, it had to get fertilized, and the baby had to come out, right? They're not collecting these samples after the fact, determining if it was indeed fertile or not. So my bet is that it's just something about red wine. People, 
engage in the act of procreation a little more right. effectively. So, so the dependent, is all I'm you're saying the dependent variable is as how how often people got pregnant, and they're yes. saying it's the the resveratrol, but it's just people are they're drinking. They're drinking, and you know what happens when people drink? It's like amazing. Like yeah, any alcoholic beverage in our studies seem to increase pregnancies twentyfold. But see, white wine didn't do that, so maybe white wine doesn't have the same. Well, they're saying amorous, yeah, white wine didn't do that. Didn't have the same amorous effect. So that, that's what I'm exactly right. what I'm saying. Even beer. You would have thought beer, but I think it's something about the right. act of drinking red, red wine. And wine. oh, isn't this romantic? You've seen it on all the movies yes. and in front That's of the Eiffel Tower, in front of yeah. you know. It's like I think that it's doing something. I bet yeah. if they took white wine right. and colored it red and put it in a glass, that would it would have it had too. the same effect. Yes, you're really smart. And actually, in another control group, they should have done was vodka. <laughs> and that probably just, have a more of an effect. Just off the charts. Exactly. Apple teenies. Appletini's, Mark. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a good study. And, you know, of course, if it really is true, they're going to ruin it because they're going to just take the reserve trawl out of the wine and uh, make it into a pill form, and no one's going to want to take that. So, Mark. Yes. It's the classic story of he said, she said, and let's not argue about who killed who, in which top Kenyan government officials are blaming opposition leaders for inciting violent riots, while at the same time opposition leaders are blaming top Kenyan government officials for asking for it. Sure, I'm following the story very closely. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> if it's possible. <laughs> Kenya's recent presidential election has been marred by opposition claims of widespread voting fraud and violence against them, uh -oh. causing the country's head anti-terrorism official to state publicly that they are, quote, definitely, definitely not engaging in a systematic campaign to violently target opposition supporters. Mm. Okay. You can believe this guy. Yes. Very specific denial there. Now, this, and this has something to do with wine. Just you wait, okay. my friend. All Yet, right. even with this reassurance, prayers for peace and stability came this past weekend from an unlikely source. Wine. <laughs> Just <laughs> wine in general. That's Bobby Wine, mind you, the neighboring Ugandan MP and overnight regional music sensation. In a tweet issued from his governmental offices, Bobby Wine can be seen perched atop the hood of his state-issued Escalade, asking that our Heavenly Father, quote, send angels of peace and stability to Kenya, prompting a quick response from Kenyans on the popular social media platform reminding Bobby Wine not all the angels should be sent to Kenya, as his country obviously needs some as well. So... If you work for the government in Kenya, you get a state-issued Escalade? <laughs> Mark, Mark, this story blew my mind in so many ways, okay? First off, yes, apparently wow. so. Now, uh, now, it's hard to know if he purchased that with, the, with his salary as a public figure or from his burgeoning music uh, well, stardom. Well, they said state-issued. It, it well, yes, it was. Yeah. Now... In addition to that, the license plate on the front was a personalized <laughs> license plate, Mark, okay. which uh, s uh, spelled ghetto okay. and was flanked by the leaves of the cannabis plant. Mm. Now, this is a member of parliament right. in Uganda, Mark. Kenya. 
Well, he lives in neighboring Uganda. Oh, okay. It's very clear, Mark. If okay. you've listened to Sorry. the, uh, <laughs> so he lives in Uganda. <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's you know trying to sing about peace in Kenya. He, he absolutely he is from Uganda, right? Singing, wishing right. the people in Kenya uh, that angels would rain upon them. Wow. And uh, I loved that Kenya shot right back and like, uh, hey, easy there. Uganda, you might want to save some of those angels for your own mess. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think it's a it's a really heartwarming story for today because you know today there's a lot going on in the news about politics and things like that. If you haven't been, you know, if you haven't logged on to CNN recently, the only news I heard was about Kevin Spacey today, Mark. It <laughs> and brought it brought me to my knees. But <laughs> that aside, um, there is other things going on today. Tell me what's going. Th- uh, I, this is we need like a special weep 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 weep. Right. It's like surprise news story, surprise news right. story. What is in the news today, Mark? I'm not sure, but ev- but evidently, <laughs> evidently has something big going on in, in politics, and okay, and has something to do with our government. And so this makes me think that you know it's ha- nice to, nice time to have a heartwarming story about wine and the two countries trying to get along. And um, yeah, that was a good that was a that was a nice sentiment, Mark. Yeah. Uh, it was now. Now uh, I think it, it could be Bobi wine. It's B O B I. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, yeah. It was interesting. I ran across this story, and then it was extremely difficult to find this. This. So here's what what's actually going on, Mark. In Kenya, uh, they there is a lot of violence going on surrounding this recent presidential election. I tell you that every day. Yep. <laughs> I wake up in the morning. I, first words I say to myself in the mirror. Oh, I found a picture of him. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes, there he is. Sitting uh, on his Escalade. His state-issued Escalade. You okay. see his personalized license plate there? Yeah. Just go online, look up B-O-B-I wine, mm-hmm. and you can see the the uh, the picture right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, Mark. Okay. Can anything good come from the large populations of civilians in Tunisia, Egypt and Turkey, currently living day to day under the constant threat of violent and deadly terror attacks. Wow, these are serious stories. Italy's culture and tourism minister, Dario Franceschi, certainly thinks so. Okay. That's it. (laughs) That's it? No, no. There's a little bit more. All right. Uh, Mr. Franceschi. Yes. (laughs) We're professional, if anything, here. Citing terrorism-fueled fears in the Middle East as being a driving force in the growing numbers of visitors to Italy, okay. Franceschini notes that their tourism industries have recently seen 16% growth year over year, pointing to a detailed plan from designer and entrepreneur. This is should have been a period in there, Mark. I okay. just continued on as one long run-on run sentence. I'm following you. Pointing yes. to a detailed plan for designer from designer and entrepreneur Franco Malinati. Okay. You got everything straight I'm so with far. You. The country's leaders hope to capture some of these fleeing families with a marketing blitz of shock and awe. And what are they turning to? And what they are turning to, Mark, may surprise you. Wine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. How did I guess that? Yeah, it was. That was a tough one, too. Oh, good, good. Um, yeah, they are turning to wine, Mark. Um, in fact, Franco, we'll just call him Frank. Frank. Uh-huh. Frank uh, has done great things before this recent plan to capture these 
these uh, tourists. Okay. For example, he designed the Batman costumes in all of the Batman movies we've done here. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> so he's nothing to be just tossed aside and forgotten about, Mark. Those, they're pretty good. I, th- he, I, th- I, th- I think they look a lot like Catwomen. Catwoman's, uh, is it Catwoman? Catgirl. Cat, you know, <laughs> cat. What's, what's the superhero? I'm just going to drink my wine and let you work this out. <laughs> the cat one. I thought I think I think their their costumes are very similar, but but at any rate, go on. He's he's he designed those. Go ahead. Okay, he had an idea, Mark. Okay, uh, that they Italy might profit even more off of this international terrorism. Oh, that's nice. Horrible. That's that's a horrible strategy. It's like uh, profit off of terrorism. Yeah, yeah. Probably not. I mean, hey, they're going to go somewhere. Mark is what he's saying. Yeah, he wants to make it Italy. Okay. He wants to build a giant wine resort that plays on the strengths of it, Italy's culture and skill set. Okay. And that is just having a giant place where you can go and drink from a thousand different wines on tap. But how does that plan terrorist fears? I mean, everyone can do that well, anywhere. Well, here's what they're doing. Okay. The terrorist fears are driving people to Italy these days. Oh, they are. They claim. Oh, because it's a safer country? Well, right. Yeah, you would have, immediately you think safe country, Italy. Really? <laughs> no, okay. No, well, I mean, I I'm safe enough. <clears throat> What's happening is um, it's been growing 16% year after year. Nice. And yeah, the uh, some of the government officials are citing the terrorism violence. I love that they're not even saying, oh, it's because of the high quality um, you know, bed and breakfast industry in in our no. along our coastal region. It's the safety. No, there's a lot of bombs going off to the countries over there. So we're gonna, not here. There's a lot of people coming here. Well, yeah. that's true. I mean, Italy. Yeah, so that's bomb not, I mean, free. Yeah, Italy is known as a safe, you know, nonviolent country. I mean, Roman times. Uh, who knows? So, um, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a, a good thing. You guessed that one straight out of the gate, Mark. I did. You knew that. Hey, look. Look. That was awesome, look, man. You did look. a great job with the news. Oh, jeez. You really did. I'm having a little bit of a little bit of no, heart no, of, you, of a heart you, attack. You did a really here. good job. So listen. Okay, what? You know, we were kind of you know joking around that you know what's going on in the news today. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So you know, one thing that kind of concerned me is that you know we have all of our songs or not all of our songs, but ah, a lot of our songs. I know where you're going. Are actually on uh, SoundCloud. Yes. And uh, you know, when I woke up this morning. And I'm looking, you know, sometimes I get these alerts on my phone. Mm. And, you know, as of today, we had this one particular song that's had over 200 plays today. Right. And it's like, what's going on? And so. (laughs) (laughs) Normally, well, we've never had that many plays. Not in one day. And so we're like, uh, is this good? Is this bad? And we're not quite sure yet. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to play this song next. Right. But uh, do we want to go into uh, anything at all as to why we're playing it, what it's about? Or, or is that going to threaten our lives? Yeah, let's just play it and we'll just move on. Don't go nowhere. You're listening to a likely fatal episode of The Winefellers on WHUP. It's International Orthopedic Nurses Day. Our super secret surprise guest is coming up next. Today is a new day, a warm and happy day, a good time to be alive. 
Say goodbye to the ice and snow. Enjoy the red Bordeaux. Look how you've survived. But now is the spring of our discontent. I'll bet you'll steal the show You've rubbed me the right way You're the cream of the crop You've reached that hilltop You've blown the cobwebs away But now is the spring of our discontent Georgia in the late 1960s. Raised by his parents, both accomplished academics, he attended a prestigious dramatic arts high school where he excelled with musical composition and performance and took place in at least one talent show demonstrating these skills. When historians come to summarize the formative years of Mark's childhood, they will write that it was the time in his life when he discovered the existence of bacon, wore a yellow hazmat suit, and for some strange reason, performed a number of unlicensed, yet supervised, dental procedures on his younger sister. Mark's intellectual interests eventually led him to Brown University, where he received a PhD in neuropsychology and at the same time fell in love with wine. Mark has begun exploring his childhood roots again. He has returned to writing music. He continues to eat bacon. He has dug up his old hazmat suit. His sister, however, has her dental work done elsewhere jeez mark welcome wow that was like 60 percent accurate <laughs> that was good that was well, really good considering we know next to nothing about one another well we should say that you know so we've been on the air for two years sort of anniversary and we it kind of are it dawned on us that we never <laughs> Never mentioned ourselves ever during the previous shows, and so we thought we would. Uh, last week I interviewed you. Yes. This week you're interviewing me. And and look, and I just uh, thought of, uh, about the, the kind of the act of man, you know, writing a bio for someone I 
hardly know, just have a radio show with, (laughs) would be a really fun exercise. And so, yeah, over the the last um, uh, week... I um I wanted to uh, I'm glad you you mentioned the intro because while I was brainstorming and writing down all the facts I knew about you, (laughs) (laughs) which I guess is no no you did sixty percent accurate no you were more accurate than not yeah I I kept coming back to that strange thought that you cleaned your sister's teeth when you were a kid or something like that so I included it in there did now so the story did did that actually so that actually happened I'm not completely. So, so the story was, is my dad was an endodontist, means, meaning that he was a dentist specialized in root canals. And uh, one day, and I was 13 and my sister was about 10, uh, my sister was riding her bike and she did an endo off her bike and hit her front teeth. And then she had desperately needed dental care. So dad took her to, the, to the, our office and asked me to go. And uh, he wanted to know if I had the proclivity and the aptitude to be a dentist. <laughs> so he uh, asked Perfect me, opportunity. He asked me, because he couldn't do that on his regular patients. <laughs> Heavens no. Because that would be <laughs> unethical, but he could do it on his daughter. And so he had me assist as he per- performed a root canal on my sister. And so he had me doing stuff. And of course, my sister's 10 years old, and she's freaking out because her older brother is <laughs> doing <laughs> dental surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that I did not have the aptitude for it. <laughs> I was not good at it. I mean, it just wasn't. That was my dad. I mean, I was, I was my mother's <laughs> child, not my father's child. And uh, so that didn't go as well. And my sister was screaming. And oh, so that my was my goodness. one experience of being, <laughs> of, of performing <laughs> dental surgery. So this really was hit your father's moment of, or your moment of truth. Yes. In the family business, in, in some sense. Yeah, he wanted to know if I was going to continue on in the footsteps, <laughs> and I decidedly was not. He made this conclusion. Like, How long did he let you fumble around inside of her mouth drilling away until he realized, I better take the reins well, back Well, here. the issue is, to be a good dentist, you need really good fine motor skills and really good precision. Okay. And I don't have either. Huh. And so I was like, I was like. I did not know this. And I'm like, you know, I'm going in and I'm like, my hand's kind of like going to the left, going to the right. And dad's kind of guiding it this way, oh. guiding it this way. Like I'm holding onto a drill. <laughs> I'm holding on a drill, but he's holding on to my hand. I mean, oh, he's well, holding man. on to the drill too. Certainly. But he wants to see how I'm doing. And of course, but listen, it's hard to drill. On your sister when she's screaming. <laughs> it really is. So she um she went on to become a, an, an attorney. An attorney. <laughs> so so like you you didn't ruin her completely. No, but that's the last time anyone messed with her. <laughs> Does she specialize in dental law? Uh, no, just uh, civil suits. Civil suits. She has had some uh, pretty large and well known. Um, I guess wins in that realm for a while, for for a number of years well, now. She, yeah, she's definitely working in a lot of cases. Uh, some, I don't know if, I don't know what I can talk about our cases or not, so we probably shouldn't, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Well, well there was one in particular. I'll ask about it. Okay. And I don't know if, um, you know, if we need to change some names, that's fine. Yeah, I don't think I can talk about it. But I, I, I well, this may not be the one. I only know of one. Yes. And, um, and it was, uh, it involved a company that rented yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, items. It's a company that rented items 
uh, like a rent-to-own company. Okay. I can't say the name. No, of course not, no. And, and I don't even know which one it yeah, was. I think they were installing spyware on their computers so they could see what all no, their no, customers no, okay. were doing. And back, it wasn't, back up. Because yeah. I honestly am bringing this up because it, it was a foggy memory for me, this right. story. Uh, a, 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 a company that rents items to people, yeah. right? Um, how, how does your sister get involved with this? She... Yeah, uh, I guess I don't know. I don't how do, how do how do attorneys get involved in anything? I don't really know. So she got the case. They were yes. installing spyware yeah. on computers. Well, I think that's what was being alleged. So, but uh, but she got well. Were, I think it's still going on. So I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Let's move on. I was convinced I would get you to talk about this one. Well, not on the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mark. After working in pharma yes. for a number of years, you started the Southeast's largest fine wine auction department. I, <laughs> the world's largest, in fact. World's largest Southeastern <laughs> Mid-Atlantic <laughs> wine auction. I did, yes. Uh, it wasn't only your love of wine that pushed you into this new line of work, mm -hmm. uh, but in our conversations, which we've had many of yes. over the years, I've gathered that there were some idiosyncrasies of working in the pharma field that just didn't sit quite right with you i was hoping that you could tell us a bit about the pharma culture as you experienced it yeah. and how those perceptions ultimately led you to pursue wine as a career right so i was working as a neuropsychologist for 11 years i left uh a hospital where i was and then i became a scientific director for a pharma like a, a company in the pharma field gotcha and um it was um a very crazy uh place to work it was um, just, it's very different. It's a very, you know, um, um, it's, you know, if you're kind of used to your own uh, way of doing business and you go to a di totally different kind of business, it's interesting. It was actually interesting to go to find, to, a, to a company that actually had, you know, money and spent on, you know, things that... Uh, that makes sense and some things that might not make sense <laughs> but uh but you know it was like just absurd well you know it was money. nice to get you know free lunches on well Fridays. out of in particular i remember you being fond of the fire drills right because oh, there was a one it was, it was like really <laughs> hot out and and there was a fire drill and we went downstairs and and i think someone had to go up back upstairs because we had popsicles in the freezer and they had to bring the popsicles <laughs> down to the freezer so we could have popsicles out in the parking lot because it was a hot day didn't that's not a, like a fire drill that i'm used to so. no now were you were you like hall monitor during that or no, you weren't. You had nothing to do with organizing the fire drill. No, I okay. Was, that was the I see. Building, yeah. Again, I was wondering. Now, so then, so then, while I was doing that, yes, yes, I was also as just as a hobby. Really, I was starting the wine auction. We we really was started as a hobby. I you know we'd have these small little wine sales, and they started to grow. And it got to the point really, you know, got to make a choice. You have mentioned before. And you mentioned popsicles, and I don't know why, as I was coming up with questions to ask, yes. my mind was just filled with these foggy conversations yeah, we've right, had right. over too much wine. Right. And the popsicles uh, ring, ring a bell. Uh, it, reminded, it, rem it reminds me of the uh, refrigerator in the kitchen at this business. I remember you said something about this. And, right. and that refrigerator had something to do with you ultimately leaving this company. No, that's not why I left okay. the company. But, uh, but so what happened was is that um, I guess we there's something called Sabra 
what is that? I have no Sabra, idea. Sabra. Is this a drug? No. They make, um, what do they make? Like chickpea. What's chick mush chickpeas? What's that called? You know what I'm talking about? Oh. Uh, oh, my gosh. It's like a you dip your chips in yeah. it. Hummus. Hummus. Jeez. So my wife sent me to work with, like, they have these like little individual servings of 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 hummus and uh my wife sent me to work and she said these are these are the dates past due i don't want them <laughs> take them to work and it's like a whole flat of them or two flats of them. Oh, oh, oh boy like, like something from you'd get at costco oh actually she didn't tell me they were <laughs> outdated she just sent me to work with them and i went to work and i put them and like you know i don't i don't like hummus and so i just put them i put them in the fridge in the work fridge and you know, close the fridge and went on my day. And I think there was an email like for the person <laughs> who brought the outdated hummus and stuck it in the refrigerator, please remove. Which wow. I didn't because no one ever. Well, would now everyone's looked, but now it, well that, that I did that. It, so. But at that point, everyone's looking. Yeah, they're looking at the fridge, right? Like they got it wired with cameras at that point. Right, but now the fact that it's outdated, you know, it's outdated. Like no one can even touch it. Like whoever <laughs> actually put it in there has to take it out and throw it away because, because you know something might happen to their hands. You 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 uh, told me that they within a matter of hours established like a reconnaissance committee or a, or an <laughs> right. investigative yeah they were going around trying to figure out <laughs> who stuck the hummus in the refrigerator and there was there's a lot of this going on there's always like these things going there's always some issue <laughs> like and it, it was you're not, in your work just trying to you're at your desk trying to get stuff done it was not related to work there's always some like major <laughs> issue like around like who took this food or that food or it was kind of weird I, I'm, I'm i'm glad i had the experience i'm glad i'm not there anymore <laughs> this is uh a little more serious here okay um because it's uh it's a, an area that you and i kind of overlap and share some interest um which is philosophy yes and you uh have an inherent interest in philosophy you've even written a book with ties uh to some of the greatest questions in human history um and primarily you ask in your book, are we living in a computer simulated universe? So I've actually written two books on the matter, which is um, I'll need to read that second. Hard one. to believe. I know. Wow! Congratulations. And, well, it's uh, it's a very esoteric, very specialized area in philosophy. And you know, when I wrote these books, I thought everyone would buy them. Not too many people buy books in philosophy these days. Sounds like, but That's actually, but when I wrote it, it was kind of really esoteric. But now. Uh, people have sort of taken on the cause, like uh, Elon Musk has written about it a few times, thinking mm -hmm. he's kind of on board with this idea. And it's just the idea that, um, you know, if you just do, it's very, it's very math-based idea that if you do, um, it, and it's very logic-based, that uh, if you, you know, expand the computer processing power that we are able to do today, and, and it's called Moore's Law, mm -hmm. you know, yep. we double, but now we're on a, on the verge of doing a an, an, a different law where computer p processing power is really on the verge of going um, just incredibly logarithmically because mm -hmm. we are uh, in the midst of developing quantum computers. Gotcha. And they're not, and I think you're into computers, you know how they work, and instead of using uh, zeros and ones, uh, you have uh, data that can be zero 
or one or both. Mm-hmm. And so, and or neither. And so, getting into the quantum computers at this. The point. quantum computing, and so then you can uh, you can store an amazing amount of information if you can hire, harness that harness quantum computing. And then there's if you take that to its logical conclusion, yes. you can really um, really some weird, strange things happen. Basically, why? Okay, we are an advanced civilization. Let's say because I'm I'm truly interested in this. Right. Uh, why would once we develop computers that even could simulate a universe, right? Uh, why would we simulate a universe in which we'd have people live their entire lives? Because uh, presumably, if if we're living in a computer simulated universe, someone are, are, is the assumption that someone else has created this simulation. Well, right. So the idea is that if um, with all that computer power. Uh, and we do actually have computers that have the ability to have that much computing power right now, believe it or not. And we're just kind of trying to nail down how to have these computers function you know, normally without losing information and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we have computers that actually can store uh, for memory uh, like 8, 16 qubits, which is more than all the atoms in the universe. And so wow. we, we do have the, that power to do that. And so... Um, it's um, really interesting because then if that happens, then we would probably start running as an advanced civilization computer sim- uh, a uh, universe simulations. And, y- you know, they would probably run much faster than we're the one we're living in. I mean, we just come just start running civil running simulations. Yes. To answer questions. Sure. Uh, like what what happens uh, at, at the end of time yeah. right, of this simulation? Right. My one of my. Uh, I've read this idea. Right. And it was kind of a sci fi idea, but but it, it's in the same. Uh, it was well, in this vein is uh, that let's say uh, an aging universe right, right has a, uh, a bunch of intelligent beings in it and and the universe through entropy is losing its usable energy and and they see that in you know maybe a hundred billion years the universe will cease to exist in a state where they can also exist okay so they may run billions of computer simulations of universes to see if any other intelligent beings can figure a way out of it well right in their simulations you could run simulations to answer questions yeah. exactly right you know and if you you know we uh if we're able to do that we can run the, uh, a bunch of simulations i mean these are when i'm talking about simulations these are like real like you're actually running universes on your computer Gosh. to see you know how things work out and then you could answer questions like climate change and stuff like that and i i know it sounds really out there but it's really not if you can actually have the computer processing power to do it. And it's kind of fascinating, I think. Uh, in fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the uh, brightest mathematicians of our time are looking for things like patterns in numbers or even uh, they're looking at the background radiation from right. the Big Bang to see if there's, if they, if there's a telltale sign mm-hmm. of some yeah. flaw in the simulation. Well, right, and kind of, and another interesting thing is that the fact that you know we have these uh, telescopes that are scanning the universe and they get stronger and stronger, stronger to find other um, beings like us. Right, and it's interesting that we have not found any anything. Yes, it is. And so it might be, it's possible that we are so rare in the universe is that the only way we find beings like oh, ourselves you're gonna, you're gonna blow my mind is here. to run simulations as opposed to look for them in our simulation because it's such a rare thing it's such a confluence of events that have to happen for us to so for a culture to advance to where we are to exist that is blowing my mind be pretty cool you are an athlete 
Well, <laughs> you go that far. <laughs> <laughs> the bumper sticker on your car tells me that you've ran in over 15 marathons. It's just a sticker. I love it. <laughs> Little uh, 26 point whatever yeah, two. Right. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I run marathons. Plus 15, 15 uh, times 15 plus. Well, so I run marathons and I don't run them for uh, as so much I'm an athlete because it's my do for my mental health. Gotcha. I uh, really like to run because if I don't run, I'm unbearable to live with. <laughs> <laughs> Truly unbearable uh, to live with if I don't exercise, like, a lot. So because honest. You might not realize it, but I'm like, you know, I have this kind of attention deficit thing. I'm, I can't really sit still. And this, you know, sitting still for an hour on a radio show, that's about as much as I can take. So. <laughs> You're just going to put on your running shoes and, and just run out of okay. here. Okay. It wasn't always about running, though. Not so long ago, you told me about a short stint when you were a yoga aficionado. <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about that and why we won't find any stickers celebrating it on the back of your car today. Well, I you mean I tried yoga. <laughs> you tried a few different types of I yoga. I tried yoga, and so I tried, like, was one type. Uh, now, this is this coming from the man who can't sit still. Right, and I was going out of my mind. I mean, you're just sitting there, and like, and like, you have to hold a position. And I was, I thought I was going to scream and lose it. You know what I mean? Like, we're doing a position, like, and I'm hurting. Like, how long are we going to do this for? I'm like screaming at the, at the instructor. And so I realized very quickly that yoga was not for me. I'm not Zen. I don't meditate really well, and and, I, and it's hard for me to interact with people who are. Why now? You, you any people talk about mindfulness? I'm mindless. I want to be mindless. I don't want to think about stuff. <laughs> you didn't quite give up on it the first time you tried it. You sought out a more intense type of yoga. You mean like the hot yoga? Yeah. Yeah. What on earth possessed yeah, you I to do that. that? I don't like that either. The reason I don't like that is because you're like in a, I don't know what the temperature is, but I think it's. The temperature you breed bacteria. <laughs> oh, and you're like, and like oh, that's and you're bad. on like mats, and who knows what? Yeah, I guess people bring their own mat. I wasn't smart enough to do that, but people, you know, there's mats there, and like, you know, the last time these mats have been cleaned, and man, I think <laughs> people are gonna get some MRSA infection. I think it's a bad. It's. I a, think people should stay away from hot yoga. It's yoga. Bikram. Just in like a sauna. Yeah, Bikram yoga. Yeah, that wasn't for me either. So that was my experience of yoga. I'm glad you remembered that. <laughs> if Yeah, right. I mean, isn't right. that funny, the things you remember about people? Right. It's like, what can you tell me about Mark? And I'm like, well, I know he's tried hot yoga. Well, we've definitely pissed off the yoga community. Uh, but uh, just saying, <laughs> oh it wasn't for me. Maybe for you. Mark, this is not for me. In my final question okay. here, if you could do it all over again, what would you do? If I could do it all over again? It's a great question. If I had, if I could do it all over again and have unlimited resources, I'd make music all day. That's all I'd do, just make songs. We didn't, I didn't get into that aspect of your personality and accomplishments because, I mean, we, I didn't Well, we're mention, both into music. Too, and, yeah. and people hear it on the show. And, they, hear and, us, they hear our songs. Oh, and, and boy, that, do they hear them. But I, I think if I could do it, I've done it my whole life, they could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, it has been every show is a pleasure with you. Yeah. This one has been especially uh noteworthy to me and enjoyable because it gives me a, it gives us a chance to sit here uh and just kind of be normal normal people for 30 minutes. Usually just seeing the character of Mark. This is the real Mark. This is the real Mark. 
Uh, Mark, please join us again. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>